to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Monday, August 31st, because we here at Cracked Rackets have already taken the time to cover this U.S. Open, preview what we're about to see these next two weeks in New York. From every perspective, you can hear our dark horses, our top contenders, our breakdowns of the draws on our Great Shot podcast feed, because we have also taken the time to talk about Novak Djokovic, Vashik Pospisil's decision to break away from the ATP Player Council, form their brand new Professional Tennis Players Association with the man who broke that story, Ben Rothenberg of the New York Times. And because, of course, there was no tennis this past Sunday, as all of us, again, eagerly build up our anticipation for the start of this year's U.S. Open, we only have one thing left to do. That's previews Monday, preview Monday's action. And of course, we here at Crack Rackets are so fortunate to get to partner with our friends at DraftKings to get in on all of the action to help you fans get in on it as well. Of course, I will always say just go to dkng.co to slash great shot to take advantage of their limited time offer to get in on the action right away. But because we only have tennis to re, uh, to preview, excuse me, I am so excited. I am all over the place as you can see, listeners. But because we only have tennis to preview, it's going to be a special edition of the mini break, a crossover episode between this podcast and the Great Shot Podcast Ace of the Day segment. And joining me to do just that, the man I always talk to when I'm talking crossovers, my doubles partner, partner in crime, and the man ready to win some money with me over these next two weeks during this U.S. Open, Maxwell LeBauer-Rothman. Maxie, it's a crossover episode, so I get to say it. Hey, great shot. You excited for this U.S. Open to get underway? I mean, of course. Are you kidding? I mean, I've, I've got the TC Live Plus account. I've got the Tennis TV account. I've got my TV right above my monitors, ready to go, so I can watch during the workday. I'm kidding. I would never, you know, watch <laughs> while I'm working. John, I'm sorry. Um, no, I uh, yeah, I'm very excited. Um, I think that there's a lot of opportunity in these first two rounds. Um, I mean, not, not even the first rounds, the first two days of action to to find some some good lines to hit. Um, and then besides that, just you know, who uh, you could not be excited for all the tennis that's going to be played. So. Uh, absolutely, I'm ready. Definitely, also ready to to get the kinks out last week in in some of those matches and some of those lines we took. Um, not that it was a horrible week overall, but some of the lines I think uh, we were a little aggressive on. And and look, we were just excited. We we were finally able to bet again. We got a little risky, and we're going to tell you some some risky bets that you can take over these next two days. Uh, but we're also going to tell you, of course, the ones that we think are locked in, and we think that. Uh, we're we're going to be able to, to get you guys some good good lines to take. Some bad beats for us last week. When that you that too, it. right? Like there there were some matches where players were up. We had it. We I know. It. Like even Ranich, man. Like he yeah. he had that match uh, against Djokovic. So. Yeah, RBA was down. Uh, you know, a yeah, set and that three, is a break to Medvedev. Hatchinov was up on him. Karina Busta was up on Hatchinov. We had a bunch of different chances that almost came through. But yeah, as you mentioned, it, we were humbled in week one so that we could recap, get ready for week two, and as you are for weeks two and three in New York. And as you mentioned, Maxi, days one and two, that's the best time to get in on the action because there's 
There's 64 singles matches each day. So many different odds to choose from. If you're someone who wants to hoard top favorites, yeah, the odds aren't going to be great, but you can try and do that. And we're going to get into that as Maxi mentioned. Maxi mentioned. As Maxi mentioned. Hey, great shot to me. The categories we want to talk about tonight, of course, we're going to get to our ace of the days, but we're going to talk about the single matches with our favorite odds. We're going to talk about the underdogs we like, the men's and women's parlays. Of course, we're going to get funky. We're going to talk about some ridiculous odds as well, and we're going to do that as a way to preview Monday's slate of actions. Now, starting on Monday night, moving forward into Tuesday, we will separate the mini break pod, recapping all of the action, the GSP ace of the day, previewing the odds for the next day's action. But again, we have a special treat here today, so we get to do a little bit of a crossover. The reason we're able to do fun things like this here at Crack Rackets, of course, the support we get from our friends at Midwest Sports Aero Bar and DraftKings. And we say it here all the time, but you got to look good and feel good to play good. Max Rothman, a man who is always looking good on the court. He's not always feeling good. I'm not going to lie. I've been there. Sometimes the Rackets... Does anyone always feel good? I don't know. Uh, I would say... Djokovic probably always feels good. No, I see, but sometimes he's just moody. But yeah, like still, if you're Novak Djokovic on a tennis court, how could you not feel good? You're like, do you know what I can do with this backhand? Watch what I'm I'm about to slide across three quarters of a court. You didn't even know that And then rip it down the line at 98 miles an hour. Yeah, exactly. The good news, if he burns his shoes, he can just get a free pair. You can't do that, but you can upgrade your shoes with our friends at Midwest Sports. They've got all of the newest gear. You go to their website, MidwestSports.com, throw in our promo code CR15. You're going to get 15% off your order, free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75. And best of all, Maxi, that free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls, that's a match made in heaven. I mean, I've got, I think, 10 of those cans now sitting in my room getting ready to be used for, for hits moving forward. But I don't know about you guys. You know me. Big fan of the the tennis fashion. The Agassi gear is fuego. And if you want to get in on it, definitely hop online. Use our promo code because you're missing out. I don't, I don't think that they're going to bring out a line like that anytime soon and uh yeah it's awesome that that's such a cool thing that they brought together there's a really cool video that agassi put together about how he kind of came up with this line and and trying to bring back that style i think you need to go all in go use our promo code and get some of that gear so I had Jamie on the podcast last week, and obviously, and I'm going to pronounce this in honor of our boy Hubie Hercots. you have a little bit more hubris than me and him. We made the case that to wear that Agassi gear, you just have to be really freaking good at tennis. True or false? Um, I think actually the, the, the reason you say that is because all these tennis players are really fit. Like yeah. you, they look good in that stuff. Because they look they're, so good. Because they're fit. Like, I won't lie, Max Rothman right now probably needs to work out, like, a little extra <laughs> before I throw on that almost crop-top-looking Agassi shirt. Um, I mean, look, you go up for that serve, and you get the whole midriff, so I got to do some lower ab workouts. But, yeah, no, it. Uh, I, I think, you know, they definitely make it look good. Uh, the, tan, the tan skin that they all have because they're playing tennis outdoors, you know, every day helps. Um, but overall, I, I think... The, the missing piece and that I'd have to probably wear if I, once I get my gear is a, a mullet. I've got to get a <laughs> just a, a wig that's a mullet because my hair will never get there. True or false, Jan Leonard Stroof needs to downsize a shirt size. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, just because he's thinner than you would think by looking at how baggy his clothes are. His ba- his clothes are baggy. Yeah. yeah. Um, like he there there needs to be a balance between like Baratini and Stroof. You know, like <laughs> they they could they could go halfway with each other and they would both benefit. <laughs> No, there needs to be a halfway point between Stroof and Ranch. Ranch, like, I know. That was a lot say. of thigh. That was a, lot, a of thigh. lot of thigh. A lot. Yeah. And shout out to him, by the way. If you got it, you know, show it. But sure. Oh, oh man. Oh man. Um, yeah. Anyways, Midwest Sports to update all of your gear. The promo code is CR15. If like Max Rothman, you need to shed a few pounds or maybe you just want to start off that healthy lifestyle you want to change up the way you're kicking off your mornings turn to our friends at aerobar the only tennis specific energy bar in the business more potassium than a banana delicious honey cinnamon honey oat and chocolate chip flavors and best of all maxi it comes with a podcast right our getting to the point episodes brought to you by aerobar our friends uh, andrew golub mark aerosmith joining us every thursday we've had guests like brenda schultz mccarthy jay Berger. Michael Russell, Bjorn Fertangelo, Trip Phillips. You know, I can go on and on and on. The guests have been that great. Rather than hear me talk about them, just go listen to the podcast and support them by going to their website, aerobar.com, using our promo code CRACK15. You'll get 15% off your order and let them know that we sent you there. But all right, Maxi, with that in mind, day one of the U.S. Open finally upon us 64 matches to choose from and with all due respect to the doubles with all due respect to everything else going on in the tennis world we like everyone else going to be focused on the u.s open particularly here in week one with all of the action we are talking about again we'll get to our ace of the days but let's start maxi with just philosophy in general because there's an inclination to pick the favorites right why wouldn't you just pick a Djokovic at Pass? you know uh the top seeds here in play. Well, just for a little bit of framework, you go to DraftKings right now, you look up the odds. Here's where the favorites are, and I'm going to parlay a lot of favorites who I think are going to win. Djokovic, minus 10,000 right now. Again, minus 10,000 in his match. I don't think, you know, you're not going to get much there. Tsitsipas, minus 10,000. Chorich, minus 715. Shapovalov, minus 835. Karina Busta, minus 835. Struff, minus 625. You parlay all of those together. And by the way, that's a six-match parlay. You're still at minus 148. You do an equivalent parlay with the women's. You're at plus 154. I mean, yeah, at that point, I suppose you have a little bit of leeway, but so much has to break right. What is your philosophy in terms of the heavy favorites right now? I, you know, it, it's tough. I think that in these rounds, you know, if they get a tough opponent, you might see those lines drop a little bit. And, you know, that's always a good opportunity to maybe throw them into a parlay, uh, add an extra match and, you know, maybe get those odds bumped a little bit. But, you know, they're, they're hard matches to bet on, truly. I, like you said, it's a six-match parlay and, you know, upsets happen like I think that's that's what we've learned and that's what everyone learns at some point is that you know the the unexpected can can happen and and it does uh, so you got to be careful doing you know a six match you know favorite parlay um but we have a couple that we think you know should still follow through uh but yeah it, that that is kind of where you have to look at these early matches and say hey you know how guaranteed do I feel in this one? Do I want to throw this into a parlay? Because not many people are going to throw ten grand on a Djokovic match to win. You know, 
not a thousand dollars. No, I, I'm gonna throw some matches at. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna have to throw literally a hundred to one odds. You have yeah. to ma- th- bet a hundred dollars to win, yeah. or one to a hundred. So yeah. yeah, you have to bet uh, you know a hundred dollars to win one in return. I'm gonna name their opponents though. Just tell me which of these is most tempting to you. Let's start here and just knock the favorites out of the way. If one of these people screw up the parlay, who's it gonna be? Djokovic against Zoomher. You have Tsitsipas, uh, I believe, taking on. Sorry about this. I have to look through the draw. Anyways, I will find this Tsitsipas match. Tsitsipas taking on, I believe, uh, Ramos Vinoles, if memory serves me correctly. Uh, so Tsitsipas there, minus 10,000. You have Chorich taking on Pablo Andahard. You have Denis Shapovalov taking on Sebastian Korda. Pablo Carreno Busta taking on Uchiyama. And then Jan Leonard Struff, uh, I believe, taking on... Apologies for the pause. Again, there are 32 matches. you got to bear with us here for a second. Jan Leonard Struff uh, taking on uh, Pedro Portero. Which of those players, if any, screw up that parlay? I don't know. I mean, none of them, right? Yeah, it, it it seems like you try and find the the match scenario where that happens, and it's it's just not that likely. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think any of them, honestly. I mean, maybe Chapo has a crazy off day, and Sebastian Corda pulls something off. Like, you know, yeah. Um, no, and even if know. you throw Carino Busta in there, and Carino Busta, by the way, uh, against Uchiyama, uh, you know. Minus 148, it just comes down to are those odds good enough for you? And, you know, even on the women's side, you look at some of these names for, you know, Kvitova versus Begu, Martic versus Martin Sova, Yastremska versus Sharma, Rogers versus uh, Kromo Makiva, uh, Rybakina versus Savatska, Osaka versus Doi. You parlay those all those favorites together plus 154. That feels good. It really just comes down to how comfortable are you uh, and, you know, how minimal, I suppose, do you want the odds? to be when you're betting on six plus players right absolutely it, it's, yeah it's really just a a risk margins game are you willing to bet that all of them are going to hit and you'd think that they would so that's uh but again yeah. va- value play it's not really there yeah, so we just wanted to throw those out there. But okay, let's start talking about value. Let's get into just our favorite individual matches. I've got a couple of nominees for this category, Maxi, but I want to start with you. What are the matches that caught your eye from an odds perspective? And keep in mind, the more intriguing the matchup, the more narrow the odds are going to be, people. Yeah, I mean, so again, these are not our aces of the day. Um, these are matches that we like and think that there's some value to um, I'm going to start with Opelka because Opelka played really well last week and it's tough because I want to assume that he's healthy and that he pulled out of his match to keep himself from furthering anything that was even slightly bothering him, knowing that he was about to come into the U S open and, and a tournament that he thinks that he can do really well at. Um, so, you know, if you believe that he left that tournament and he sp- spent the last couple of days, you know, recuperating and whatnot, I think he's a great pick at plus one fifty five. You know, you you bet twenty five dollars, and your your payout is what is this thirty eight dollars? You know, that's that's a nice payout uh, for for a Riley Opelka plus one fifty five. Um, so that so that's a match I like, and then 
you know, there. So I don't mean to to cut you off, although it is good to have you back, Maxie. But can we stick there for just two seconds? Yeah, because please. I think that's so this? interesting, right? Because <laughs> thank you again. It's good to see you as well. Um, yeah, you know, you you talk about uh, Riley Opelka, and he won an ATP title this year, right? Uh, he did it in Delray Beach, and you talk for Riley, the best he's ever done at a Slam third round, but he's come so close on so many times, right? He I think was up two sets on Jack Sock once upon a time. He was obviously up two sets to love on Fabio Fonini uh, at Wimbledon. You talk about in his career, he has uh, five top 10 wins already. One of them coming over Matteo Berrettini in the Western and Southern Open. And, you know, the faster the court, the more advantage you think that is for Riley Opelka. But David Goffin's rock solid, right? He had chances in that match against Jan Leonard Struff, despite how well Struff was playing. And if there's any sort of physical ailment you are feeling as a player, one of the last guys on tour you'd want to go up against is Riley, or is David Goffin, excuse me. And so, it's a stay away for me simply because I can see both players winning so clearly. And, you know, you talk again for Riley Opelka. Yeah, he made the third round at a Wimbledon, but, you know, he won a match. He's made the second round, I think, two other times. And other than that, that's in his slam career, right? He's got uh, four total wins. And so, you know, of course, it's it's a really tough draw. Had he been elsewhere in the draw, he's a guy I'm sure everyone would have circled as a potential dark horse to make the second week. We're eventually going to say the same thing about Tennis Sandgren and Roberto Bautista Goot, but for me, it's a stay away simply because of how much the match is in either or. That's fair, and look, that that is, like I said, he's plus 155 for a reason. Um, it's one where you can get value if you believe in the, the quickness of the courts, Opelka's, you know, being healthy and that he can, you know, push through a tough first round. Um, and so- excuse... Uh, correction for me, it was not Jack Sock. It was David Goffin who Opelka had. First round Australian Open 2017. Opelka takes him to a fifth. Goffin wins that match. Opelka beat him last year indoor hard courts in Basel. Yeah, it's a straight pick em. And in terms of odds, you're right. This is one of the tastier matches. It is. Um, so I, I do like that. But before mm-hmm. I keep going in, is there is there one that you want to bring up that you like for, for tomorrow? Let's do this conversation now because it's one that seems to come up frequently since you like to think you play like this player and I like to get you confident, so I say you do. Jack Sock, minus 162 over Cuevas. Now, you know, for Pablo Cuevas, so much of his success in his career has come on the clay, and you look for Cuevas in his career and just the stat breakdown. And, you know, uh, for Cuevas, it's, you know, I think he's a little bit over 50% in on hard courts in his career, but well over 60% on the clay. And, you know, he's not a name that's going to scream out to you and say, oh, yeah, he's dangerous. You know, Pablo Cuevas at this point, 34 years old. And, yeah, physically fit. He's a guy who could take matches three sets. You look for him in terms of what he did at the Western and Southern lost first-round qualies to Uchiyama. So doesn't exactly come in with a ton of confidence. The best he's ever done at the U.S. Open second round now. Yes, again, he's reached a career high inside the top 20, but you just look at his career 
win percentage in particular on hard courts. It's just, it's not that great. And so in Jack Sack, you have a guy who played a ton of matches during World Team Tennis, who you talked to Luke Jensen, who was his head coach for the New York Empire. He talked about how physically fit Jack got. Jack's a minus 162 favorite for a reason. And those odds are good enough to where you bet, you know, 20 bucks, you get 1240 in return. That That's not bad in terms of trying to find guys you like. Sock has bitten me so many times in the derriere when I've picked him. And yet, because he doesn't come in with pressure, because just making the second round would really be a step in the right direction, I really like Jack Sock in this match. What do you think? Yeah, I think you also just have to look at the fact that he's minus 162 right now. I think that given where he's at and how much tennis he's played, and uh, again, you know, like you said, the, that Cuevas is you know much more of a clay quarter than a hard quarter, I think that's really good value there. My, like you said, what what is it, 20 to win 12? I mean, that's a, I think that's a good value bet. I think you could definitely see him in a different scenario where he's you know minus 200 on this match. So I think the fact that you see him at minus 162, worth a shot. Paulo Cuevas, 495 and 251 on clay, 66% win percentage. That's obviously spectacular. 96 and 105 in his career, and that's across the ITF circuit as well on hard courts. And so, yeah, hard court, a a fast hard court. I think I'm going to, you know, Jack Sock. In fact, I might even make that individually. I'm going to throw that into the ace of the day. I know we agreed beforehand, but I'm convinced on that. Can we throw that in there as extra as well? All right, you are in on that as well. I appreciate that. So an early preview of the ace of the day. I have a couple of more I'm confident in. One of them will be my ace of the day, so I could save it for then. But let me just throw some names at you. Top Jordan Thompson, minus 190 over Trevagila. Kerber, minus 177 over Tomjanovic. Goff, minus 190 over Stevasova. And Georgie, minus 225 over Van Utvenik. Those are the favorites that I thought the odds were reasonable enough that they were worth exploring. Any of those names stand out to you? You see, those to me are all matches that, sure, they stand out, but they're tricky, right? Like, those are matches that I think... I'm not the confi- vomit zone. Yeah, I'm just I'm not confident enough in all those players' ability to win those. I mean, they're they're probably winning those like just over fifty percent of the time, like maybe fifty five, maybe sixty, and that that doesn't make me feel quite good enough. Versus, let me let me throw out a couple that I think are are more on the you know they're winning seven out of ten times is the Cressy match over Kovalik. That's He's minus 190. Um, I like Edmund, minus 275 over Bublik. I think that that's a good match. Um, and then I like Giron over Pullman's at minus 315. And look, those are a little bit on the higher side as far as uh, your lines, but I like how all of them are playing. Giron looks great. Uh, I think these courts are going to be perfect for Cressy. They're quick. He's going to be able to serve and volley and do his thing. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think, and, and if you actually, if you wanted to parlay a sock, Cressy, Giron match, that's throw plus Na- two. Throw Nakashima in there too. Uh, so yeah, if you threw Nakashima in there and I didn't want to bring him in cause he is f- minus four something. Um, yeah. but if you did throw Nakashima in there, which I think, you know, is fine. I think he's, he should definitely win that match. Uh, it's plus two ninety. So that's that's not bad odds. I mean, I think those are all matches those guys should win. Definitely Sock can, is a little scary. Uh, but I think Cressy, Giron, and Nakashima are, are, are locks. So 
here's the problem. I feel less confident in them simply because I feel like I'd be picking with my heart. And that's a personal issue. I agree on these quick courts. Cressy with his serve, with the way he moves forward. He won a challenger earlier in 2020. He made a final as well. He was confident. And, you know, this is a big opportunity for him. And it's a good matchup. I agree with you. I think... He's a good pick. I think for Pullman's, that's a guy Giron's seen on the Challenger Tour before. It's a guy who's not going to blow Giron away with too much power, and that's something that I think with Giron's ground strokes you can do. And yet, I just, for all of those guys, because they don't have that many Grand Slam reps, I'm hesitant to back them in round one. That's my, you know, apprehension. That's why they're not aces of the day. But I can't disagree with your logic. Like, I agree with you from a matchup perspective. And, you know, again, we are using this as a crossover podcast for the mini break if you're an American tennis fan those are all matches you can really look forward to watching as well three of those guys college tennis players obviously Jack Sock in the mix as well let me throw two uh two more American dogs at you here are the underdogs I like Stevie J plus 205 over John Isner. He's won four in a row over John. He's a career head-to-head 5-4 advantage. They've played so many tiebreakers in the course of their career, and you're going to expect that, of course, anytime you see a John Isner match, but Stevie seems to bring that out in him, and this was a big analytical point I heard when I talked to Mark Lucero, when I talked to Stevie, when we've gotten to see him over these past couple of months. You notice him hitting through his backhand more on the return. Now, of course, that's an obvious adjustment but given his comfort level, you can understand why he turns to that slice. They broke down the footage during this time, and they said, look, the analytics don't lie. Even though you're missing more backhand returns, you win a significantly higher percentage of points when you're swinging through the backhand that it's enough that even if you're missing a few more balls, you're still more successful off that wing than when you slice the return. And you need to be decisive against John Isner. And it helps for Steve Johnson that he knows he's going to have to hold serve. He knows he's going to have to stay focused. I thought his level improved more and more uh, throughout the, or better, he got better and better throughout the course of that world team tennis season. And look, I mean, am I a thousand percent confident in this matchup? No, of course not. It was just one I wanted to throw at you. But given that Johnson's got that five to four head to head advantage, given he's won four in a row, three of them on outdoor hard courts, you know, one of them in the city open, he won six and six. The tiebreakers were nine, seven and 17. 15 maxi what do you think about that one i mean yeah that's one where the numbers would scream take take stevie he's an underdog value bet um but that's one i mean that that's a that's a heart one too right you know these are two friends good american pals i you know that that adds so much to this match and uh yeah, I think that's going to be, you know, for for you, you know, listener taking this bet, you got to say to yourself, do you feel Stevie is going to be able to bring out the new improved backhand, keep up the trend that he's been, you know, able to, you know, kind of figure out Isner's serve and win this match? If you feel that way, then, I mean, hit this out of the park. Put, a, put all your money on this match, right? Like, if you really think that, I think it's a great bet. Um, but it's going to be a really tight match. I mean, I, I think you also could take the over. Um, I mean, what? So quickly, we don't do enough over-under spreads. Can you just give two seconds on that? 
Sure. So, you know, I, I was looking at this. So the, the over-under on And this quickly list, just explain what they are. Well, that's, that's what I was doing. So the, yeah. the over-under is 43 <laughs> and a half games, right? So if you want to imagine that this match goes straight sets, Isner wins 7-5, 7-5, 7-5, right? Um, or if you want to assume it goes 7-6, 7-6, 7-6. Those are 13 game sets, and that's three of them. You got 39 games, right? So they're... They're assuming in a 43 and a half over under that you're probably looking at, you know, a four set match with a tiebreaker or two in there. Um, but it gets dangerous, right? Because if you go 6 4, 6 4, 4 6, 6 4, that's 40 games. That's your four setter, and you don't hit the over 43 and a half. Um, so, you know, this one's actually tough. If, if this were to go, and I'm sorry to throw out all these different scenarios, but if you go, you know, 6-4-7-5-6-4-6-4, that right there is just under. You're still at 42 games. Um, so you've got to have four sets with at least one tie break uh, and that, you know, you're looking at just one break per set. If you think that's going to happen, you think we're going to go to two tie breaks and you think it's going four sets, take the over for sure. Um, but they are they are tricky, and this is one of those ones that's really tricky to, to guess. Yeah, no, and of course, as you mentioned, there are a bunch of seeds in the vomit zone, right? People like, or just matches where you just want to stay away, like Sun Wukwan, Tai Kwiatkowski, that's just a stay away. Like, it just, it screams stay away, and just for a lot of these matches, these odds, uh, they're just not tempting enough to where you want to take a chance. Now, match, we haven't talked about yet a match I know you want to talk about from an underdog perspective. Anderson versus Svirev. Svirev minus 335, Kevin Anderson plus 260 since you know i'm just gonna throw this at you to start alex vera five and oh against in his career against kevin anderson you still like anderson the dog in this one i mean yeah this again this is one of those ones where it's like how risky are you feeling right like you know if you want to take a shot at anderson up getting a little upset action first round if there's gonna be an upset that's who you want, right? I mean, Anderson can pull out the big shots. He's a vet. He's gotta be he's gotta be one of the more mentally tough guys out there. He's willing to grind it out if need be, and we've watched him go five setters and go deep into him. Um and Zverev can get in his head. And we've watched Zverev implode at early rounds at plenty of tournaments. So if you wanna take a gamble here, I think this is your go to. But at plus two forty six, those are pretty good odds. Um and if you want to get real crazy and just throw that in with a little parlay with Opelka, you're looking at plus 775. So depends <laughs> depends how insane you're trying to get here. But The big man parlay. No, we throw in Isner. We throw in Query in there as well because why not? Yeah, in terms of you know the risk section, the either-ors, Tomjanovich, Kerber. The odds are pretty good. Minus 177 for Kerber, plus 140 for Tomjanovich. But... It's an either or. So for me, that's a stay away, you know, in terms of some other good ones. Dalahide versus Freedsome. Either or. Dalahide mon- minus 182. Freedsome plus 148. I mean, that's one I was looking at was Osegway. Goff Sevastova. Oh, that's another good one. But Goff Sevastova, right? Minus 190. Sevastova plus 150. The match I will not touch 
within, you know, I'm not getting anywhere near it. Uh, of course, that Buzkova-Pagula matchup, both of them, I think Pagula minus 120, Buzkova minus 105. There are so many outstanding matches, but the odds reflect that, and so you're really taking a gamble. Again, it's about risk-reward, and it, because some of the matches that are close, DraftKings, credit to them. We sometimes say, hey, we could do a damn good job as odds makers. They killed it today. The ones that are lopsided, they should be lopsided, but they're still just tempting enough to where where you're like, hmm, maybe I could parlay them. But I, I mean, they killed it today because a lot of these are either ors. And even though the odds are tempting, it's just you don't want to pick the either ors. You want the sure things, of course. Finding yeah, I mean, that balance. I mean, I think I think you'll notice just from our discussion, right, that we are very torn on the women's side. Like, I think there's a lot more matches on the men's side for tomorrow that we think that there's value in that we're more likely to hit. Um, I think you'll find that's the opposite for Tuesday's matches. I've got a lot of women's matches that mm-hmm. I think that the lines currently where they stand favor, um, you know, some underdogs, and then there's some some favorites that I think are just close enough to that even line where uh, you're getting some good value out of those bets. But um, Alex, why don't we lock in our aces of the day? Beautiful. You nailed it. I was going to say, well, then with that in mind, let's do it. Let's name our picks. We've set the field. We've talked about the matches. Again, 64 matches to go through. Uh, So we're going to be treated to outstanding tennis starting at 11 a.m. Maxi. Here's what we have from our for our aces of the day. Let's go one by one here. And, you know, some of you may have seen the quicker aces of the day in video form. This is the long form breakdown. Whenever I get Maxi here, of course, you know I'm going to start thinking. So, ace of the day, you tell me what you think. And by the way, when I, I, I think we've now, you know, kind of locked in a unit of betting for us is about $10. And hopefully as we start to win more, that unit will get bitter, bigger. But here's what we're saying in terms of confidence. I'm just, you know, together. We're going to say six units on Schwartzman. So $60 wager on him, minus $295 over uh, over Nori. $60 yields you $2040 in return. I'm that confident in Schwartzman. That three to or one to three odds, I think, is a little bit too low. I'm going to take the value in Schwartzman there. You're with me? Lock that bad boy in. All right, Jack Sock, minus 162 over Cuevas. Three out of five is a lot to ask for Jack still, but again, Cuevas, 40% in his career on hard courts. I'm calling this one a one-unit wager. 10 yields 620 in return. How are you feeling? Yeah, no, I I, I think it's uh, it's worth taking for sure. I think that if you can get those guys, you know, in their, in their on a on a normal day, those matches are wins, so I like it. All right, then it's we know though 2020 anything but normal. Let's move on. Two locks thus far. First parlay of the day: Schwartzman minus 295 over Nori, Fritz minus 360 over Kopfer, Hercots minus 385 over Gojovitz. You parlay the three of them together plus 116. I say two units on that. Twenty dollars to win 23.22. You want to up that, or does that sound good to you? So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna throw in. Another parlay that I think if you want to go halves and take it separately, you do. I know earlier we talked about a Cressy Giron sock parlay. I'm going to remove sock from that parlay and just go Cressy and Marcos, and you're at plus 102. So a $25 wager wins you $25.50. I think that those two matches are going to happen. Uh, Marcos looks good. The courts are good for Cressy. 
And at plus 102, I think those, that's a really good value bet. So I'm going to, I might even just split that up and take that parlay and this parlay as well. So you'll do one unit on Schwartz Fritzman and Hercott's one unit on Cressy Guerrero? Yes, sir. I can get behind that. I am probably going to stick with that because, again, I don't bet with my heart, although Fritz Hercott's lol. Schwartzman also Vilde high, so, you know, he's Mishpacha. Um, anyways, that's that's another one. Here's another one for you. Conteve, minus 420 on Collins. Martich, 485 on Martin Sova. Garcia, minus 435 on Paulini. Kavitova, minus 560 on Begu. Those are the seeds with the perfect nexus of good odds and confidence in them. They're plus 118, 20 to yield 23.55. That's a two-unit wager for me. What do you think? You know, it's funny because I know we talked about doing this before, and I like it. Um, it's a lot of matches is the only problem. You're, you're looking now at four matches. Four matches, yeah, and plus 118 is not I, great, Bob. I think I would rather just go – and up my units on a Cressy Giron parlay. And yeah, but I like a little women's action too. I just like not, the best of both worlds. Yeah, and I'm not saying I don't like that parlay. I do. I just think that the like the value bet on this is better. But I want both. So okay. <laughs> give me give me ten. You just u- take an additional unit. Give me ten unit. No, I'm just let me. The lower bank my... of Max Rothman has units to spare. <laughs> uh, it doesn't. I wish. Um, but yeah, I I do like the bet still. I think it's still strong. Yeah. No. Okay. I lock it in. That. Ace of the day. Well, we talked about Schwartzman, Fritz, Hercotts, Edmund. That's plus 196. You like that one or four matches, two to one odds? Meh. Yeah, adding Edmund. I mean, I think Edmund has this one. Bublik hasn't looked great. Bublik, though, is always scary to bet against because he can get And on get fast into... courts, and it's the fast courts. Yeah, and he can me. get Although in someone's Edmund... head. I like Edmund. I like Edmund. I just am scared I of Bublik, so it's a yeah. stay away. I agree. Yeah. So I think yeah. we just keep it as is. All right, we're removing that from the ace of the day. Yep, that one's off the list. Well, then let me throw one more funky one at you. You can just say no right off the bat, but let's just throw it out there. Anyways, I mentioned all of those favorites at the beginning. I'm just going to throw 12 names at you. That's the most names you can parlay on DraftKings. Here are the 12 names I am most sure of. Djokovic, Tsitsipas, Chorich, Shapovalov, Kareno Busta, Struf, uh, Kvitova, Martich, Yastremska, Rogers, uh, Rybakina, Osaka, plus 329 together, 20 yields, 65.82 in return. I mean, if you want to burn— Do you even remember my third name? If you want to burn $20, I mean, sure. Like, (laughs) one of them is bound to get upset. You know, you're you're talking about 12 matches. I mean, yeah, if you you feel like it, like, have fun. Yeah. yeah, okay. Well, then it's not going to be an ace of the day. Well, just to recap, here are our aces of the day for the first day of the USO Open. Schwartzman, six units to win 2040 to get us started. Sock, one unit to win 620. Schwartzman, Fritz, Hercots, two units to win 2322 in return. Cressy, Giron, the Rothman special. Run me through those ads one more time, please. Cressy Giron right now is a plus 102, so 25 to win 25.50. 25 to win 25.50, and then Conteve, Martich, Garcia, Kavitova, plus 118, 20 to win 23.55. Really 
fun day of events, Maxi. Any final thoughts on day one before we wrap this bad boy? I cannot wait for this tennis to start. Make sure if you uh, if all you've got is tennis channel, you might want to look into a tennis channel live uh, or plus account. You might want to look into a tennis TV account because no, 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 just stop at tennis channel plus tennis channel podcast network. We can just leave it there for now. Fair enough. Just, yeah, exactly. Just Not that be, we don't love the others, but might as well just get Tennis Channel Plus. I mean, it's going to have everything you need. So, yeah. yeah, if you were smart, that's probably all you need. Um, no, I agree. And if you were smart, you'd also be playing along with our friends at DraftKings by going to dkng.co slash cracked open. Take advantage of their limited time offer. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems pretty simple to me. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm excited. I just can't wait for tomorrow to start. Over under seven f bombs exchanged between us before eleven a.m. East Coast time. Oof. Oh wait, no, no, sorry, but before eleven a.m. West Coast time because play starts eleven a.m. East Coast. Um, that's, that's two that's an probably, hour. That's probably like a couple matches. Yeah. Oof. It's probably <laughs> over. Honestly. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. I the, am. Looking the mothers would to not appreciate to see our text they, exchange. They will. My mom was, oh, Alex, I can't believe you talked to Maxie this way. Um, yeah, but then, don't talk to my sweet Maxie like that, Alex. Um, that's exactly what she would say. But anyways, yes, I agree with you. It's going to be a really fun day of action. And, of course, tune in with us every day on the Mini Break Podcast as we recap all of the day's action, preview the next day's matches as well. Follow this podcast, the Great Shot Podcast, Correct Interview, and Inside Out Podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and know that if you have missed any of our U.S. Open preview content, you can find it all on our website, crackedrackets.com. A huge shout-out again to DraftKings, to Midwest Sports, to Aerobar for their continued support. Please go give them a little bit of love. Let them know we sent you there by using our promo codes. A little bit of love, as always, to our super producers as well, Max Fliegner and Daniel Westoff, for the f*** of an editing job they do day in, day out. And by the way, Maxie, great shot by you. Did not swear this podcast, so I yeah. know Westoff is going to, to appreciate clean. that. Yeah, but I mean, f*** that right yeah f- that <laughs> anyways we love our super producers very very much and so shout out to the both of them but with that being in mind for my wonderful co-host maxwell labauer rothman our super producers max Fleetner and daniel westoff our friends at midwest sports aerobar and DraftKings, and all of us here at both crack rackets and the tennis channel podcast network i'm your host alex gruskin maxi it's a crossover episode you're here give the people what they want what do we tell them Hey, great shot, and that's a break. And we will see you. Oh, that was beautiful. He segued them together as only you can, and we will see you all tomorrow. May the odds be ever in your favor. <laughs>